Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, Hokies. I'm Tech Sideline founder Will Stewart. Welcome into episode 244 of the Tech Sideline podcast. Today, we've got a special guest that I think will be able to share lots of entertaining and interesting backstories from the last 30 years of Virginia Tech football, Greg Roberts. Who's Greg Roberts? If you don't know, then we'll fill you in on that first and then get started with the fun stuff. It's all coming up next on the Tech Sideline Podcast. All right, welcome back in. Before we get into the show, we want to remind you to like this video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're closing in on 6,000 YouTube subscribers, so help us get there and click the notification bell so that you'll be notified when we post a new video or when we go live. This TSL podcast is sponsored by Commonwealth NIL, leaders in navigating name, image, and likeness. CNIL, as we like to call them, is already inked. You ready for this? Justin Mutz, Hunter Couture, Darius Maddox, Sean Padula, Patrick Wessler, and their latest edition, MJ Collins, to contract. Visit CommonwealthNIL.com to learn more about their membership programs and merchandise sales and ways that you can support Virginia Tech's NIL efforts. So we got a small crew here today. Uh, producing today's show is Nick Brown, VT Sports Media and Analytics 2024. And let's welcome in today's guest, Greg Roberts. Greg, how you doing? Great, Will. Um, appreciate you having me on, and I'm looking forward to uh, spending some time with you and all of your uh, all of your uh, listeners and all, all of your and members viewers. and yeah. your viewers there at uh, Tech Sideline. Yeah, and this this should be a fun show. I was telling Greg before we went on. Uh, these are my show notes, and this is it. So we're just going to wing it because we're both pros. Ha ha. Yeah. So. So let's establish who you are for the listenership. I think a lot of people know who you are, but a lot don't. So let's start with what you're currently doing, and then we'll go back and explore your Virginia Tech roots and your connection to Frank Beamer and the Virginia Tech football program, and there's lots of great history there. So tell us who Greg Roberts is right sure. now. Um Old country boy, uh, mom and dad from <laughs> You've Buckingham. You've always been that, though. Yeah. What are you doing right now? Buckingham County, Virginia. Okay. And... Um, um, after graduating from Virginia Tech, uh, got into the uh, broadcasting field. And 1985 the, graduate, right? Yeah, yeah. Was at the CBS in Richmond. Uh, enjoyed that very much. And from there, went to the uh, NBC and the uh, Roanoke market. Mm -hmm. Love that. Now, how long were you there? When did you? About 12 years. And um, absolutely loved it. Yeah. And then they had a, a new group purchase the television station and went from loving it to hating it yeah so i tapped out um caught on and, did and what, what year was that that you left channel? like around 2000 wow that long ago it's huh? been a while wow. and then uh jumped over to espn and that was like just because i'm a college football geek and got to work a lot of college football uh with the the, the espn side of it and uh while i was 
uh, doing that, um, my wife and I, we had a deli and a bar and some other businesses. Mm-hmm. And so I started uh, one, one of those businesses was helping Coach Beamer with his website, BeamerBall.com. Which we will get into in, okay. in detail. And um, and doing a lot of other, you know, um, a lot of other uh, stuff kind of on the side. Started a radio show. And so all the other stuff is kind of kind of now gone away as I'm as I'm getting near retirement age. Right. I would say my main my main gig right now is I'm the afternoon uh, yacker on uh, in the Roanoke Central Southwestern Virginia market, uh, the drive time guy five to seven on a WFIR Wheeler Broadcasting out of Roanoke, and I have a ball uh, doing that. Now are they AM FM? Where can people find yep. you? AM FM. Um, I'm not. I think it's. Uh, Nine, it's 960 a.m. Mm-hmm. out of Roanoke, 107.3 FM, yeah. and then it's on, it streams all over the place off of the Facebook page, and so it's a, it's a lot of different ways to to bring it in. Yeah, so uh, that's five to seven every day, weekdays, yep. right? Monday right. through Friday. All right, so let's go back to the very beginning, and, and we're going to fill everybody in on, on how how you know Frank Beamer and how you got to be tight with Frank Beamer and John Boleyn and then really the... the I want to warn you, my handlers told me you were going to ambush me. Well, you know, when Brent Pry was on, he said, when are the tough questions coming? So I I took that as a challenge. (laughs) No, everybody knows I'm not not a tough questions guy. So 1985 graduate of Virginia Tech... In sports broadcasting, right? No, no. I was a, I was a business. I came out. I was a business uh, major out of Virginia Tech, and I landed a job with this big firm in Atlanta. And my mom and dad were so proud. Will so, I what mean, was what was your focus in when you were? It was uh, marketing management. Okay, and uh, and so uh, here I'm doing this summer of '85. I'm doing this job, uh, and I hated it. I mean, I absolutely hated it. The, the The main part of it was working with financial institutions, and it was pretty stodgy. And I'm not, you know, it's just that that's that's not my gig. And I remember one day I was in Richmond, and they and they said, "Where do you want to be placed?" And I was like, "I want to be placed in Richmond." So they placed me in Richmond. I'm wor- I'm working in Richmond, and one day I'm getting ready to go into. I think it was the Bank of Virginia, and I'm like, I do not want to go in here. I do not. <laughs> and right across the street from the Bank of Virginia is the CBS station, WTVR Channel 6, right on Broad Street. Yeah. And I said, that's what I want to be doing because I've always been passionate about sports. You know, I tried to play every sport I could play. And I said, that's what I'm passionate about. I love sports, you know. And so instead of going into the Bank of Virginia, I said, okay, here, this might be your all-time greatest sales call. I walked across the street into the CBS affiliate, and I right at the front desk, um, I said, I'd like to speak to somebody about how, how to get involved in sports. And really nice lady said, okay. So some <laughs> really nice lady said to herself, oh, another yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> another This producer comes up, never forget him, Bob Walker. Mm-hmm. And he looks me over, and he says, well, um, we always need help around here. He says, we can't pay you anything. And I'm like, well, I understand. I don't have any skills. There's, you know, there's nothing I, I, I want to learn. You know, I want to learn what's going on. And uh, he said, yeah, we can, we can bring you on. So we talked and they, they said, we'll bring you on as an intern, uh, unpaid, unpaid internship. And um, so I'm like, wow, this is, this might be the foot in the door I've been looking for. Wow. So I started uh, interning, which was just working all weekend. So you graduated in 85. When would you say this was? Uh, Six months, a year after you graduated? This is probably two months. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah. You decided I, real fast. Oh yeah, real fast. Job. And I tell you what, it was amazing because <laughs> I've always trusted my my father, and I've been fortunate. I was fortunate to have a father that I really successful business guy, uh, farm boy. You know, ran our farm, ran a huge, what was a big business guy, talented musician, just one of the more interesting people I've ever I've ever known. Hmm. So I'd always like bounce things off of him, and I'll never forget when I went and had the conversation with him. Hey. You know, this job that you were so proud that I got with the nice salary and the company car and stuff, I want to quit it. And I, I want to go into, I want to try to go into the, the TV business. So I drive home and I'll never forget it. We were, we were picking beans. And I said, I want to tell you something, Dad. And, you know, and he was like, what? I said, um, I want to quit. I want to quit the job. And I'm, he straightens up and he looks at me and he says, you want to quit the job? I'm like, yes, sir. I hate it. And he just kind of goes, wow. He goes, well, what, what's your plan? I said, well, I've already talked with a TV station. CB- I said, that's what I really want to get into. And I said, and I've lined up a construction job to pay the bills. Hmm. Construction starts at 7. Uh, I get done at 3.30. I can shower, go work the TV station through the 6 o'clock, 11 o'clock, and, and, you know, and, 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 learn, and learn that side of it. Well, he said, he, he kind of, you know, you're a dad. You know how, you know how those conversations go. And he said, well, if you hate it, then you need to quit it because you're cheating them and you're cheating yourself. Yeah. You're not doing a good job for them, and this isn't what you want to do. Well, as, as a father, it's, it's one thing to have your kid come to you and say that they've quit a job because your next thought is, okay, what's your plan, which is what he asked you. And you had one. I'd have been like, great, you're going to pay the bills, go for it. I knew moving back in with him wasn't an option. So I better I better right. have a plan. Once you are kicked out of the nest, you're not coming yeah. back in. My dad was like that. So that's what I did, Will. I work construction. Um, you know, I, I get on the construction site, work construction, go work at the tele well, intern at the television station. I did that for about six months and then they hired me as a uh, you know, sports photographer. And then I did that for uh, about six months and the weekend guy left and you know, I'm twenty one, twenty two years old. And the news director said, I think you'd really do a good job as the weekend sportscaster. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You know, this is a CBS affiliate in Richmond, Virginia. This is a, this is a, this is a big station. Well, I went ahead and auditioned for the job and they gave it to me. Yeah. So that's where it started. So I want to jump in here because I think I remember your first night on the air. Um, And do you remember what day it was exactly? In Richmond? Yes. It was a disaster. Okay, we'll get to that. Okay. Um, but it, was it during the summer? Yeah. It w- no, it was, yeah. Or it was early fall. Because, because I remember the Redskins, then the Washington Redskins. Um, I, I debuted on a Sunday night with Paula Otto, great lady, went on to become the head of the Virginia Lottery. Um, and she was she was the anchor, and I was debuting as the new weekend sports guy in it, there is no way it could have gone any worse than it went. Let me tell you a memory I have. I grew up in Charlottesville. So, <laughs> yeah, um, that's that was your CBS. That would have been, uh, well, are you talking 1986 or 1987? Uh, this would have been probably into 86. Because I think I was home for the summer of 86. My senior year was 86, 87. So I remember sitting in my basement and watching. I'm pretty sure I saw Are you really going to bring this up? And, and you came on, and you were nervous, and you were sweating. Do you want to know the story? You're right. That's exactly – you saw it right. You want right. and, and to know like, the story? wow, that – oh, that's Yeah, this that's isn't going to work. <laughs> okay, well, let me tell you. So my first night on the air, 
I'm so excited. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. And back then, you had those big three-quarter uh, videotapes. Do you remember Remember all of that? Now everything's digital. Right. So you had to have your tapes all stacked up. Your scripts were off of a, com- uh, off of a typewriter. N- nothing was computerized. And I'm ready to go, man. I've rehearsed, rehearsed. I'm like, I'm going <laughs> to knock this out of the park. Okay. And let me tell you the mistake I made. I called all my buddies. Oh, boy. I, yeah. Hey, <laughs> your boy's debuting tonight. You don't want to miss it. Well, that was a kiss of death right there. So everything's good to go. So we're doing the 11 o'clock. Uh, we got 6 o'clock. We got bumped because of a football game. And um, so I turned my tapes in, stack of highlights, all of the uh, all of the football games and, you know, all my highlights, turn them into to production. They're ready to go. And I plop down and, you know, everybody's like, oh, Greg, are you excited? I'm like, yeah, I'm good to go, man. I got this, you know. And I'm putting my microphone on. And uh, the stage manager says, Greg, are your tapes turned in? I'm like, tapes are turned in. I'm good to go. He goes, okay. He said, do you have your scripts? I'm like, my scripts. And they were downstairs in the sports office on the time. So you're like in a movie running through the hallways to go get your scripts. And I panic. (laughs) They said, no, stay there. They know what they're doing. I'm the newbie. I'm the rookie. They said, stay there. We'll send somebody to get them. I'm like, no, they'll, they'll never find them. I jump up. Will, I run out of the studio I hit the door, and I hear the guy say, 42 seconds. <laughs> yeah. I sprint down the hallway, through through the lobby, all the way down the steps, through the newsroom, into the sports office. My scripts are right on top of the typewriter. I grab them. I'm in full sprint coming out of the newsroom, back up the steps, through the lobby, down the hallway. I burst into the studio, and I hear him going, 11 seconds. I run over. I throw my scripts down. I'm trying to get my my microphone back on. Five, four, three. And then get my microphone. And I, boom. And I'm sitting there like this. And Paula Otto goes, and we'd like to welcome in our new weekend sportscaster, Greg Roberts. Okay, I just did like a, I don't know, 100-yard sprint. Okay? And you're right, Will. And then when when they came to me, I was going. (laughs) (laughs) it's great to be here big game today Redskins and the Eagles so that's that's how it went that was and there's tape of that somewhere and they still harass me your parents have the tape right oh yeah tell me your parents and let me tell you and then and so then so it's over I'm like oh my god they're gonna fire me that's gonna be I'm fired that was horrendous and so I'm sitting down in the sports office like, oh, my, that was so bad. And I caught my breath about halfway through and, and finished okay. okay. But, no, who remembers that? You know, you should, like you remember. I you, remember. You remember the- this dude's having a panic attack. <laughs> okay. So I get down, and all the phone rings. And I'm like, sports, it's like 1140 at night, okay? It's my mom. And she goes, Gregory? I'm like, yes, ma'am. She goes, are you okay? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm fine, mom. She goes, why were you having a panic attack? <laughs> I said, I wasn't having a panic attack, mom. I said, it was, I said, it's, it was a lot, mom. Is this, is this the first chance you've ever gotten to tell that? First of all, two comments. Number one, thank you for validating a memory. Yeah, it's, you were, you saw it right. Because that was, God, thanks for that's, bringing all, it that's up. almost four thanks, years. Thanks for making me relive it. Relive that. That was, that's you, fantastic. You ever, told, you ever told that story no. publicly? So that's not, the first not time. in a public setting. That's but, great. Uh, it was um, so I had nowhere to go, Will, but up. Nowhere to go, but up. And then management was like, "What was going on?" And then once I told them, they're like, Pfft. "And that was 
from I, there on from there on out, I, it was it was adequate work. I'll, I'll bet Jake Lyman could share a similar story. The first podcast he ever hosted for us was a wrestling podcast. Oh wow! With Tony Roby sitting right there, so Jake did all right with it. But I'm sure if you asked him about his first ever TSL podcast, he'd be like, "Man, <laughs> yeah, man, the, that, that was, was a, that was an ugly debut." Yeah. All right, so uh, that was '86. So how long were you in Richmond? Not long. Um, kind of. You know, kind of found found my groove, found my lane, and worked hard, try to try to do a good job. And then the uh, the NBC in Roanoke uh, called and said, "Hey, we've been we've been watching your work. Um, you know, we like what you do. We have an opening. Uh, we know you're a Virginia Tech graduate. Uh, we're trying to we're trying to become more of a you know that's that's the franchise. You know, in these parts, yeah. Southwestern Virginia." Uh, we're trying to we're trying to get closer and uh, you know do a better job uh, with uh, Virginia Tech and sports in general. Uh, would you be interested in you know becoming our sports director? I'm like, would I be interested? So that's a promotion, yeah. Oh heck yeah, smaller well, station but a promotion. I'm like 23, 24 years old, and um, so I came over and I'm like, yeah, man, I'll take the job. So so when exactly was that? 87, summer of 87. And we all know what happened in the fall of 87. Somebody named Frank Beamer you know, started coaching the yeah. Hokies. And let me tell you about that. Because I get asked a lot, how did you and Coach Beamer get so tight? Yeah. And it all started right there. It started in the summer of 1987. I was the new sports director at the NBC. He was the new football coach at Virginia Tech. And I'm working my tail off because there was a lot to do. I mean, at the time, the the the, the CBS... Uh, the CBS station was way ahead of the NBC. Their sports was just just a better product. So I had a lot of work to do to try so to... NBC's Channel 10, CBS Channel 7. WDBJ 7. Right. And I had a lot of work to do just to try and establish some credibility within that sports department and with our viewers. Yeah. So I'm working I'm working seven days a week um, just just trying to, trying to get on top of it. And I get this phone call. I'm sitting in the sports office one night in between the 6 o'clock and 11 o'clock, and I get a phone call. And I'm like, sports is Greg. Uh, hey, Greg, uh, this is uh, Frank Beamer. And I'm like, hey, coach, how you doing? Good. Um, I want to know if, if um, we can get together. I, I, I want to talk over some stuff with you. I'm like, what's going on? And he said, well, um, I want to do a television show. I think that uh, Virginia Tech... Uh, you know, and at the time, remember the, the Sunday morning coaches shows, yeah, yeah. they were big. It was big for the exposure and it, it was big for the program and it was big for the branding and all well, of well, that. Well, the team wasn't on television. No. So, and I, so I remember I went to Virginia Tech from 83 through 87. And of course I would tune in and watch Bill Dooley's show. Sure. And you want to talk about low production values. And you know, what I remember about that is I remember that they would play while they were running game highlights, they would play Alan Parsons, uh, Mama Gamma, I think was the instrumental they used to play. Is that right? So they'd be running. And you're seeing Cyrus Lawrence run and you're hearing, you're hearing Dooley saying his dynamic voice. This is a sweep style play, and oh, Cyrus yeah. picks up seven yards Bull off the left tackle. This is a dive stop, you know, very boring stuff. Oh, yeah. So, but yeah, we used to tune in and watch just to see the highlights because sure. Tech was never on television. Absolutely. So, um, coach calls and um, he says, uh, you know, I watch your sports. I really like what you do. I like your energy. I like your passion, and I need help. I want to do 
a television show and I need help. Virginia Tech, you know, I approached Virginia Tech. They said they're not interested. That So I'm going to have to do this on my own and I want to make it happen. And I want to know if you can help me make it happen. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I got more on my plate than I can handle. So that's a little mind blowing in today's modern video environment with enormous athletic staffs. And back then, you and I talked about this in prepping for this show. We're used to IMG College, Learfield IMG, ISP Sports. And later, ISP was responsible for putting that show together and all that stuff. Correct. ISP wasn't a thing. The athletic department didn't have the personnel to do it. So Frank freaking Beamer, the head coach, has to do it. Yeah. And that, so it's, it's, it's important to establish kind of the landscape at that point yeah. in time that the coach had to do this. Work. That's right. And so I'm like, oh man, I don't have, I, my plate was full. I yeah. mean, I was working seven days a week. And then he said, uh, well, at least let me come, let's go to lunch and, and, uh, l- let's talk it over. And I'm like, okay. So he comes and he grabs me and uh, we go to lunch and the whole time he's telling me, you know, what his vision is for Virginia Tech, um, what he wants to accomplish by having a the Sunday morning television show, the markets he wants to get into. And all I'm hearing the whole time he's talking is uh, this is going to be a lot of work for work, Greg Roberts. Work, work, Yeah, work. Yeah. Help him line up the markets, helping help him distribute the show, help him produce the show, um, host the show, work, 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 work. Yeah. And I'm listening to him and, um, and I'm, and I, the whole time I'm like, man, this is, he's really a genuine guy. You know, I like this, this, uh, you know, this is a likable guy. And, and, and I can tell that everything he's telling me is he 100% believes it, yeah. that he, that, that he can get it going at Virginia Tech. Now me at the same time, I'm thinking, oh man, you know, this guy, this guy is, he's, this is a, this is a, a tough road to hoe. Yeah. You know, you couldn't give that job away. What, Bruce Arians turned it down. Uh, Bobby Ross turned it down. So finally, you know, the thinking was, hey, let's go with the alum, Frankie Beamer, out of Murray State. Uh, Virginia Tech was on probation from, from the Bill Dooley era. L- let's get him in here. Let's get the alum in here. Let him calm the waters, okay, and get, get things settled down. And then we can go and get a coach we really want. Right. Okay. That's, that, was, that was the thinking. So I'm thinking, man, this this guy, he's only going to be here three or four years. So for those who don't know the history, you're right. Uh, Bill Dooley had won a bowl game, Virginia Tech's first ever bowl win in 1986. Chris Kenzer. Yeah, and they, but the program did get put on probation. Yeah. And probation back then was pretty onerous. I mean, uh, they, they stripped Virginia Tech of a lot of Will, s- scholarships already for like three years. Not in a conference. You're never on television. And now you're on probation. And that's what Coach Beamer inherited. Yes. I'm thinking, this guy doesn't have a chance. Yeah. He's got no chance. And he was, what do you think he was? Their fourth, fifth, sixth selection to get that job? At least their third. You went through the first two yeah. already. Yeah. Okay, I didn't mean, I didn't mean uh, but, but you're right. I mean, it was a totally different day. So to, just so you know how good Coach Beamer is. And so we have that lunch. And what I'm hearing is this is going to be a tremendous amount of work, yeah. a tremendous amount of work. And I'm not sure I'm going to be able to pay you. <laughs> That's what, that was, that was the spiel. The words everybody wants to hear. Yeah. And I said, sign me up. So I said, coach, let me think about it. 
So I thought about it, and I'm like, you know, it's probably getting a bad move. You're the new guy. Um, and to start a relationship with Virginia Tech, uh, and then I just, I don't know, there was just something about Coach Beamer where I just, I believed in him, and I had my thought process of him going before that lunch and then coming out of that lunch was completely different. And I said, you know, this guy, this guy, he might make it happen down there. Hmm. I mean, if other other people kind of see the sincerity that I'm seeing, you know, he, he might, he might make it go. Yeah. So I said, okay. I said, I'll do it. So, so, so there's the production end of things. Who sold the sponsorships and the advertising? Did you have to we do did. that? Yeah. We did it all. You and Frank, right? We did it all. Yeah. He, we, we cleared it. We had, to, we had to be the clearing agency. We, we talked with Richmond and Bristol and Greensboro and uh, Huntington, West Virginia and, and Rona. I mean, we cleared the show across the state. Um, that was a tremendous amount of work. We sold the to, show. To get it scheduled, right? Yeah. Sure. We produced the show. We made everything happen. Um, and, and, and then year one, we made just enough money to break even. Nice. Just to cover the bills. And I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. The last thing he said to me, if you'll help me get this going, he said, if we can get this going, he said, I promise I'll take care of you. Yeah. I'll take you. And I just, I believed it. Year two, um, Went great. You know, we were kind of in a rhythm, coaches show. Year three, uh, it, uh, they were starting to win a little bit. So they went two and nine. I'm trying to Year remember. one, three and eight in year two. It was rough. Year three, 89. Was they that actually, Will they, Fuhrer? They, they actually won five or six football games. In and, year. you know, it's like, wow, you know, we actually have, have something to talk about. I mean, it was, it, was, it was interesting. You know, I mean, maybe some people are watching now. And then um, – and we made a little we made a little money after after year three, and I think will year four I can't remember, but year four, uh, things were rolling along, and he wrote me the biggest check I've ever I've ever I've ever had in my life, and so uh, I just remember thinking, uh, wow, this guy keeps his promises. Yeah, and and not only that, but over the over the course of, you know, jumping in there from day one with him. Um, you know, I made a really good friend. I made a I made a really good business partner. You know, and we got we we went into other business ventures. You know, together it was kind of a it was kind of a weird dynamic because here I am. I'm the sports director at the NBC. I cover this guy. I have to be objective when this program when when things are going right. I need to report that when things are going wrong. I also have to report that. So there was a clear understanding that we wore different hats. That even even though we're great friends. And we're business partners, you know. I still have to do my job, and and and, and that was never a conflict because he never made it a conflict. So let me let me jump in here and, and and figure a few things out. So yes, year one was two and nine. Year two was three and eight. It was rough. Nineteen eighty nine. Year three was six four and one. Yeah. Nineteen ninety was six and five with their great win over UVA at the end. Now, how long did you actually host his show? I think that was it. Okay. And then Bill Roth probably came in. And let me tell you what happened. Okay. So then, just like four years earlier in the summer of 87, when I got that phone call, will you help me get this thing going? You know, and I brag on you, like what you did with Tech Sideline, that entrepreneurial spirit. And, you know, know, I'd like to think I have it as well, reaching down into dirt and making something out of nothing. I love doing that. Love doing that. And so um, we're rolling, man. I mean, I just got, it's all starting to pay off. And he calls me 
and he says, I need to, I need to come meet with you. And I'm like, Oh yeah. I said, what's going on? He goes, I need to, I need to meet with you. Is it like when your girlfriend says we need to talk? Was it that kind of thing? Ex- well, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't suspect that at the time, right? but the breakup was coming. <laughs> so he rolls in, we go to lunch and he goes, and this is the kind of guy he is. He said, I just needed to talk this through with you face to face. He said, I appreciate so much, you know, everything you've done and how much you've helped me. He says, but I'm at a point now where uh, this is out of my control. I'm like, what's going on? He said, um, I no longer have the rights to the Frank Beamer football show. ISP, right? Yeah. So Virginia Tech has sold all of that to ISP. Yeah. And I'm like, so wait a minute. So what you're telling me is I'm out. He goes, that's what I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> so that was – that was um, that was a little bit of a bitter pill to swallow. So, so I was out as far as helping him with his television show, but I've never been out as far as helping him. So let's let's add some understanding for people. So ISP stands for International Sports Properties, and uh, Ben great group Ben, ben Sutton Ben Sutton started great that. guy, and I think he started it down at uh, Winston Salem. You're right. Salem. So up until then, athletic departments were responsible for producing their own shows, by uh, selling their own advertising, placing their own advertising. And I've always admired what Ben Sutton did. That's a brilliant business model where he basically came in and he, and he said to an athletic department, tell you what, we'll sign you to a contract and we will guarantee you a set amount of money you don't have to do any work. We'll sell and place your advertising for you. We'll produce your shows right. for you. And that was a hell of Brilliant. an idea. And ISP Sports later got bought by IMG, which later got bought by Learfield. And, and I hope Ben Sutton retired a rich man. Oh, that, I'm sure that he did. A, really and well, good. and he's a good guy. Yeah. And, it, it, and so I was, um, I was kicked to the curb. And then, of course... You know, now, uh, did you and Frank have any other benches, business ventures at this point, or was it strictly the TV show? That was it. Okay, that was All it. Right. And then, um, so that was that was the end of of helping him. You know, uh, w- you know, we started all of that, yeah. and then uh, you know, got it up and running. And then, of course, I, like you're saying, ISP took over, and then if that was you know Bill Roth. Yeah, that that's you know, so he took took over all of the all of the marketing, and you know, that guys. A hall of famers so that so, was a, so that was, was a great move so be honest here was the show that isp wound up producing better than what you and frank could do on your own um that's a good question i'm not sure i don't i don't i don't know if i continue to follow it yeah after after i was you know no longer an integral part of it right I don't think, I mean, you, you know, in that industry, Will, you know how it is. You're, you're so worn out after work covering whatever you're covering all day Saturday. I think that show came on early. I don't even think, I don't even think I was awake. You moved on, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't even think I was awake when it came on. Because by then you were, well, you were sports director at Channel mm-hmm. 10. So you were, you were a during the week guy. You yeah. weren't, yeah. Okay. And then of course you got stuff you got to cover, Yeah. you know, football, NASCAR, whatever you're covering on the weekends. Gotcha. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. So Keep that's going. where, that's where it, that's where it started. Um, and we and we form one heck of a relationship, Frank Beamer and Greg Roberts ro- riding all over the state in the summer of 1987, knocking on doors, yeah. trying to find sponsors for the TV show. And Will, we got some of the craziest looks. I can remember like just kind of cold calling, and we'd we'd roll in, and you know they'd be like, you know, who are you two losers? 
And I'd be like, my name is Greg Roberts. I'm the sports director at the NBC in Roanoke. This is Frank Beamer. You know, he's the head football coach at Virginia Tech. And we're brand new, you know, and they're looking at us like, uh, who are you guys? And it was uh, it was uh, it was interesting. So part of the context and you're probably sensitive to this starting out in Richmond. Part of the context is that this is a time when UVA football was hitting. Yeah. And starting to spark. Sure, Coach Welsh had it going on. And and that was and that ended up in them being ranked number one for a few weeks in yeah. nineteen ninety. So they were building and they were in the middle of the state, the in air quotes flag, flagship university. So I'm sure that some of the cold calls you made, some of the doors you knocked on were already a little smitten with that. So. And I think and I think a lot of people, um, you know, to begin with were were already a bit cautious concerning Coach Beamer. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to remember what the line was. The the big newspaper guy in Roanoke, Brill. Uh, mm. what, what, what it was like that getting Frank Beamer as your football coach is like Christmas morning. That's socks from Christmas yeah, morning you, or something you like wanna, that. You're expecting a new bike and you get a sweater. Right. That, that, was, was the, that was the line. And that was kind of the, you know, that was kind of the perception um, that, you know, this, this isn't what you wanted. You wanted Bruce Arians. You wanted Bobby Ross. You wanted all, all these others who turned the job down. But uh, Coach Beamer's retort to that was uh, maybe sometimes you get what you need, <laughs> which was brilliant. Yeah. And it turned out that Frank Beamer was exactly what Virginia Tech needed. Yeah. So where do we go from here? So you, so that, that establishes how tight you got with Frank. And, of course, in getting tight with Frank, you got tight with John Boleyn. Yeah. Who, uh, who oh, got- and by the way, who was also – he was – he was uh, very instrumental in that football show as well in terms of uh, making sure that, um, you know, things – it's what John Boleyn has done his entire time at Virginia Tech. And, he, you know, he describes what he does. He says that he's the batteries in the back of the clock, that you should never know he's there. And the only reason – if you know he's there, it's because the clock stopped working. Um, that that his job is to stay in the shadows and make sure everything functions appropriately. Yeah. And I, there are people out there that will tell you that uh, John Boleyn is is one of the best in the country. And uh, David Brain, the former athletic director, who I have a tremendous amount of respect for, uh, David said the best thing Frank Beamer ever did was hire John Boleyn and Mike Gentry. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And, and oh, by the way, Tech Sideline breaking news. Uh, what camera am I on, Will? You're right over right here. here, so look there. Congratulations, Mike Gentry, Virginia Tech Sports Hall of Fame, Cam Chancellor, and Vince Hall. Vince Hall. Congratulations. Yeah, and there are other people in the class, of course. But, but those that's are the football the, side. Football, yeah. Bruce Arians is also on that list, right, is David? It? Bruce Arians. I'm like, why isn't Bruce Arians in the Hall of Fame Who already? else, David? Those four. Yeah. So uh, Mike Gentry, Cam Chancellor, Vince, uh, Vince Hall, Hall, Bruce, Bruce Arians. Arians. About that? That's a heck of a – That is a heavy-duty yeah. class. Yeah. yeah. And, and so who else is in the class, David? Track and field athletes. When did that break, Will? That when did that roll out? This morning at 10 o'clock. It's now 11. So you guys 10, have already so. covered that. Uh, I don't know if David's written it up and posted it yet or not. Okay. Yeah. Well, that that's fantastic. And you know, and and, and speaking of Camp Chancellor, see, that's that's Brent Pry has to get that that talent level up again. Yeah. And you know, I, I've I've 
I've caught heat because, and it's just, it's one man's opinion. I think the Virginia Tech football talent level is at a 30-year low. And Brent Pry has to go and find the prospects who, who fit the program, fit the culture, will come in and do the work. And it's the old Frank Beamer formula. He would say, look, we got to go out here and get these two stars and these three stars, and we have to turn them into four and five stars. Yeah. We have to coach them up. We got to get them in the strength and conditioning program. We got to go find the Jake Grove, who his best offer was VMI, and the Cam Chancellor, whose best offer was JMU, and the Edmonds brothers out of Danville, who are two and three stars coming out of high school. They end up being first round NFL draft picks. You, you, you've seen that over and over and over and over. Um, you know, and, and then 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 you got to get them in the right spot, like current Virginia Tech football, like coming out of spring. I know that, you know. You know, one of the big things are, do you have these athletes in a position to project it to where they're going to succeed? Right. Like, one of the big stories is, the what, the Keontae Jenkins? I mean, he was, what was he playing, a cornerback, David? He was a safety. Well, you know, Brent Pry knows defense, and he's like, hey, man, this guy, this guy's, this guy be okay safety, but he'll be a heck of a outside linebacker, a heck of a field, field backer. So they think he's going to be a star. And then, and then these these twins out of Salem High School, Jaden and Jordan McDonald. So they come in as cornerbacks. Those guys are big fellas. They, big frame they guys. They look the part. So so you know th- they get moved to what edge and, and and linebacker. So you know, and they think those guys are going to fill out. Here's here's. I don't know if you're ready to talk tech tech football. We got other stuff we can fill in, but let's go for it. Okay. Here's here's what you saw. Okay, the last time you saw Virginia Tech football, Ooh, I don't want to think about that. Right, I mean it was a mismatch. Yeah. What, what it was the Pinstripe Bowl, Maryland and Virginia Tech. What Maryland win it? Fifty-four to ten. Fifty-four to ten. And I always say, trust your eyes. You're looking at that, and you're like, Tech doesn't have the athleticism. Tech doesn't have the speed. Tech doesn't look like it has the passion. Okay, Th- those are elements that are fixable. Okay, Brent Pry has to go and get linebackers that can run. Yep. He has to go and get safeties that can run. He has to go and get – he's got to get people back on the edge who can be disruptors. The program's lacking that. Yeah. He's got to get playmakers. He's got to get that guy who, who can who can get that slant and then and then rip it 80 yards and take it to the house. He's got to, he's got to find that traditional tech tailback. And tech used to just – I mean, tech – it used to – Used to be ridiculous how how they had D one tailbacks. Tech had Darren Evans, Ryan Williams, and David Wilson all in the program at the same time. Think right? about that. That's crazy. I'd take any one of them. Now. Oh, I mean, it was it was, and they knew, and it was a priority. Hey, you, you got to have Lee Suggs. You got to have Kevin Jones. You got to have Ryan Williams. You got to have the traditional D one tailback. Okay, because by the fourth quarter, the defense is tired of chasing this guy, tackling this guy. They, they, they don't have anybody that can take the pitch and take it 60 yards to the house. So the playmakers, the playmakers aren't there. Um, the nastiness and the athleticism and the speed on the defense isn't there. Okay. And a lot of times now, Will, if I point this stuff out, you know, I, you know, I get, I get a lot of heat, yeah. you know, because I, I don't, I'm always, I, my goal is to always, let you know how I see it, to be brutally honest, okay? And sometimes that comes across as a little bit of a cheerleader. Sometimes it doesn't, 
Okay, you know, our jobs we're we're not we're not supposed to be cheerleaders. Okay? We're supposed to call it as you see it. Let's just say we took a lot of heat for our last podcast because we we talked as if Virginia Tech might not make it into one of the P two conferences. Well, and, you would never lie to your audience, would you? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's okay. Well, so so um, there's a lot of there's a lot there's a lot of ground to be gained. Um, with going in, into this season, and the thing, if 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 Pry can just get them playing hard, um, coach them up. Staff is going to have to do a great job. Staff's going to have to coach them up, get them playing hard, and then at the quarterback position, you know, the the Grant. I, I would say if Tech had to play a football game tonight, Grant Wells is your starter. Yes. And I think I've even seen I've seen you guys re- reporting that. And and I think that uh Pry even said that to Andy Bitter in a recent article. Yeah, okay. Grant, Grant Wells is our guy. Okay. Yeah. And okay, and that makes sense because he's smart, he's accurate, um he's got a really good release. He's way more athletic than people give him credit for. Right. You go back, turn on his high school film, you can see the guy's athletic. And the knock against him at Marshall was he threw too many interceptions. That can be fixed. And you saw you saw them working on that all spring. Good ball decision, good game management. Because we already know the guy can throw for thirty five hundred yards. Yeah. He did it last year. So so you, fix you, the stuff. You that's feel wrong. like you feel like maybe you get settled at quarterback, and the guy behind him, uh, Jason Brown. I mean, with Shane Beamer in South Carolina, that guy beat Florida and Auburn, right? Yeah. So you know he's going to push Grant Wells. You know he he would like to start. So that 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 I don't know. I, all of a sudden, I don't know if you're in that bad a shape at quarterback as perhaps um, before those two arrive, you could have been. I think that Grant Wells and Jason Brown, however they wind up shaking out, could be the difference between five wins and eight wins. You know, I, I agree I, with that. I certainly think Wells has that type of. Talent so what's the goal, Will Stewart? Winning season. Okay, people ask me this kind of thing all yeah. the time. And they're like, how many games do you think Tech's going to win this year? And I'm like, you know what? I don't care. I just don't want them to look like they looked in the pinstripe bowl anymore. Sure. I don't want to see that It didn't anymore. look like Tech. Right. And so, to bring the conversation back around, you go back to Frank Beamer's early days, and you were talking about recruiting. If you look at his recruiting classes from the late 80s through the mid-90s, they were guys from in-state who were ranked between number 15 and number 30, but they were tough guys. These guys loved football. They loved to play football, and they were tough. And so when, when, when Frank's, some of Frank's teams in his first six years, when he had that 23-42 and 42 record or whatever it was, they went 6-4, and four, they went 6-5, and five, they went 5-6. and six, But they, I don't want to use the word never, but they almost never got blown out. Unless they were playing like, you know, one of the decorated Miami teams of, of that era. Um, they were very competitive in every game, and you knew you'd been in a football game. And Virginia Tech has lost that. You know they've lost that. You saw it. And that in was the, your brand. And, yeah. and, I, and I've said it all along. you got to get back to that. you got to get back to that physicality and that toughness. And when you played Virginia Tech, you didn't want to play Virginia Tech, yeah. and you especially didn't want to play Virginia Tech in Lane Stadium. That was a real home field advantage. Yeah. And you might beat Virginia Tech, but they were going to stand out there for four quarters and slug you in your throat. Yeah. You might beat them, yeah. but you were going to know you had been in a four-quarter football game. Yeah. 
that dissipated. That that's gone. Yeah. I think Brent Pry can get back to that that blue collar mentality where, hey man, you might beat us, but you're going you're going out of here bloody, and you might be missing a few teeth. And and so you got to get the culture back. And then we talk about this stuff all the time. Chris Coleman just rings this bell all yeah. the time. You got to retain the players, and you got to develop the players. And when you looked at that pinstripe bowl. The, the players that Maryland put on the field weren't higher-level athletes or recruits, but they'd clearly been developed better. They looked the part, and Virginia Tech didn't. Now, granted, Virginia Tech was missing some of their best guys that opted out, but what I said still holds yeah. true. Yeah, and you just and the first thing that popped into my brain when you said, hey, Virginia Tech would go get guys rated 15 to 40 in the state of Virginia and turn them into flat-out football players and help them get to the NFL. First name that popped into my brain was Chuck, Chuck Clark. He was a 37th-rated prospect in the state of Virginia. Yeah. He's still in the NFL, isn't he? Yeah. Willie uh, Willie Pyle was the number 31 recruit in the state, but he, but he had like a 1,300 SAT or something like that. He was smart. They put him at safety, and he wound up going to the NFL. Yeah. And so, yeah, they do need some some success stories like that. That it, culture, that brand, that toughness, yeah. that that's – and I think in – you know, Brent, Brent Pryor will be the first person to tell you you know, we need to get back to that. Yes. So um, to bring back around to you and your relationship with Coach Beamer. So uh, cut loose from the TV show in 1990. Yeah. And uh, so you were at Channel 10 for another 10 years. Yeah. Um, you guys maintained a relationship. So what kind of you talked about some businesses you had together. What kind of stuff did you do for that that 10 years? Now we're going to get into Beamer Ball yeah. later because well the main the main thing was um that that w- the the main thing was we had established a relationship of trust. That was it. Yeah. And for the rest of his time at Virginia Tech um I think because of that trust, that allowed me to get on the inner circle. Um, and so then I became, you know, kind of what, what I do now for clients, the strategic communications, PR, um, and, and uh, I continued that role in assisting Coach Beamer in the Virginia Tech football program in terms of, uh, let's say, um, s- some announcement is coming out. And, uh, you know, it's like, you know, all these all these CEOs, they have people behind the scenes that help with messaging, help with, uh, you know, what's what's the appropriate take here. So I, I continued to do that, you know, behind the scenes because athletic departments didn't do that kind of stuff themselves. The sports information director was literally the sports information director. He wasn't really a PR guy. I agree with that. Yeah. And they had. They had plenty on their. I mean, they're trying to. They're trying to generate game programs. Yeah. They're trying to they're, media guides. They're they're trying game to, notes and not just not just for your your marquee sport. I mean, they have to generate this material and and also you know handle this stuff for every sport under the athletic umbrella. When athletic departments were much smaller. Yeah. Yeah. So so it was um and and you know and that so that was uh that was a, a hat I continued to wear. And continued to help out Coach Beamer and, and Virginia Tech football. Just just more the imaging, the stuff PR. Stuff you didn't see. Yeah. Stuff you didn't see. Just just in the shadows. Yeah. Hmm. So uh were you paid for that or were you doing this for as as favors for Frank? Um or? no. Um not 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 so much not so much paid. It was more um that, you know, by then, you know, we were good friends yeah. and I felt I was helping a friend out. 
Right. And I was glad to do it. I, I was glad to do it I, I, because he really started to have success. He really started to have success. Yeah. And it was it was fun. And I even wrote him a letter. I wrote him a long letter. And I can't, I can't remember it, at, at what point. But, I mean, remember now, when I first got hooked up with him in the summer of 87, I thought maybe he'd get three years here, yeah. maybe yeah. four. And now it's like all of a sudden – I can't remember the years, Will. You're be- you're better with that. But I just remember that it was like they they were counting it down. Hey, Frank Beamer just went by Bo Schembechler in all time wins. Frank Beamer just surpassed Tom Osborne. Frank Beamer just went by Lou Holtz. Frank Beamer, and I'm like, wait a minute, these are legends. Yeah. These are absolute college football legends. Frank Beamer's going by these guys and wins. You know, and, and you start thinking, hey, legends are oh, that's some old dudes in the in the you don't you don't always think you're living a legendary you're watching era. It, yeah. 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 Yeah, you know, you and, and it just and I and I remember thinking, and so I just sat down and I wrote him a long letter and I said, Hey, I'm just really happy for you. And I'm really proud. As an alum, I'm just I'm just really proud that, you know, you you've had this success. And I, you know, and he knew that I was like, coach, I thought you had three or four years at the most, and then they were kicking you to the curb. Man. And uh, uh, and it just – and I think, Will, I could be wrong, but in modern college football, he's on the he's on the Mount Rushmore. I mean, in, in all-time modern modern wins, I want to say it's, uh, what, Joe Paterno, Bobby Bowden, Bear Bryant, Frank Beamer. That's the four when you're talking – Modern that college football. That is a football. good question. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's right. David, can you look it up? Like winningest college football coaches of all time. I think that I'm sure Wikipedia has a page that lists everybody, and it's probably going to also be cluttered up with D two and D three. But guys. when you but when when the category is major college football, uh, modern era wins. He's he's um he's in the he's in the top four. I think only uh, Paterno, Bowden, and Bear Bryant. I'm sure Nick Saban's closing in there, uh, but and and that is, you so know, here, that, here's here's the list of college football coaches with 200 wins. Okay, leaders by category. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, all right, so John Gagliardi, Joe Paterno, second with 409. Eddie Robinson, 408. Bobby Bowden, 377. Okay, there's major college. Then names I don't even recognize: right. Kevin Donnelly, Ken Sparks, and Larry. Yeah. Carries. Not major college. Bear Bryant with 323. That's number three. Pop Warner, nah, yeah. you know, not modern. Roy Kidd, never heard of him. Amos Alonzo Stagg, not modern. Frosty Westering, Larry Wilcox, Tubby Raymond, Ron Shipper, Frank Beamer. <laughs> so there it is. So, yeah. So you're looking So when at- you're talking about the Mount Rushmore of major college football and, and what we know is the modern era, the powerhouse era, your top four. Joe Paterno, Bobby Bowden, Bear Bryant, Frank Beamer. So Frank Beamer, here's a little bit of trivia. He still has more career wins than uh, Nick Saban. Where is Nick right now? So Frank's got 280, and uh, Saban has 269. Yeah, he's, so he'll probably pass Frank this year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nick's that's a machine. Oh, and here's one I really don't. Mac Brown's got 265. He's only 15 behind How about that. I'm betting Mac doesn't make it. I'm betting What's Mac doesn't on? pass Frank. I, I saw yesterday. Phil Steele, who I love having on the radio show, he releases his preseason top 40. Uh, Virginia Tech not in it. Um, But guess who else wasn't in it? Carolina? Mac Brown in Carolina. Oh, Phil Steele's pretty smart. 
but I'm like, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense because, all right, and I hate this because I really like Mac Brown. Okay, right. I really like him. Okay. And, you know, his his nickname is Mr. February. They're like, he knocks it out of the park on signing day. He can he can win the recruiting he, class. He can win on signing day. Yeah. And I immediately thought of that. I'm like, he's had, like, these top-ranked recruiting classes for, you know, s- since getting back to Carolina. How could that program not be projected as a preseason top 40? Do you have an answer for that? I, see, I don't – I don't have an answer for that. I don't know what they've got coming up at quarterback. I know they got Drake Mays, like one of the top recruits in the country, but I don't know if they took a transfer to fill in the gap till then or whatever. I just know that, yes, they have been recruiting very well, and they looked apart, and they had a quarterback last year that I thought was a thought was a great quarterback, and they rolled out there and went 6-6. Six and six. I thought their preseason ranking of number 10 was – I thought that was reasonable and legit – and then when they rolled out on the field, they just weren't that. And so there's and that's so, the knock. There's something missing. There. That's the knock. And and uh, and I think it has become a Mac Brown thing, not not necessarily a North Carolina thing, but definitely a Mac Brown thing. Um, he did win a national championship, but it was with arguably one of those generational talents, you know. And and I also I also think back in 2005 that Texas football was a lot tougher than it is these days, you know. So that's my take. I don't know what your take is, if you have one. I just I, I just really like Mac. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for him. Man, that dude he's crushes just, it with the media. Oh, he's a good dude. He you know, but I just don't understand how um so it just it just speaks to it's not all about recruiting, you know, that that development and that coaching that, I think talent you know, that wise they, talent wise they are a top forty team easily. So that to your point, it's, you, it's got to, it's got to manifest itself on the field. Though. The rest is the intent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we talk about that stuff with Miami all the time. And there was discussion on the message board just this morning. Somebody came on and said, I don't know, man, I'm worried about Miami with Mario Cristobal. And, and, and I had a one line answer. I don't know. Their culture has been rotten for 20 years. I think, and this is just, I didn't Randy Shannon, uh, Manny Diaz, but this guy, he is a legit coach. I will, uh, and I've been, I've been telling, I've been telling. I think Miami it, with this guy can get real good real fast. I could be wrong, but um, I think, I think they, they may have tapped back into kind of what they need. Well, I think with NIL being what it is, and John Ruiz funding all those NIL benefits for, for players down at Miami, they are a a a crucible. They are a test case for NIL and what it will do to locker room cohesion. And I think it'll be interesting to watch. That's interesting um, now. Yeah. So uh, let's you and I take a break. We've been at it close to an hour. Is that uh, right? We haven't even touched BeamerBall.com yet. Oh, okay. So to so, rest in peace. So you guys maintained your relationship from 1990 through 2000, and 2000 is when BeamerBall.com came along. Yeah. So I do want to talk about. Okay, that. sounds so, great. So we'll be back in a few minutes, and uh, we'll cover that. All right, welcome back into episode 244 of the Tech Sideline Podcast with special guest Greg Roberts. Uh, Here's a reminder that the TSL Podcast is sponsored by Commonwealth NIL, leaders in navigating name, image, and likeness. Visit CommonwealthNIL.com to learn more about their membership programs and merchandise sales and ways that you can help contribute to Virginia Tech's NIL efforts. So, Greg, this is going to be interesting, I think. We're going to talk about BeamerBall.com. Oh, yeah. So so let me give you 
my perspective on the start of that. So uh, <clears throat> in the, I ran Hokie Central as a uh, uh, hobby for three years from 1996 through 1999. And then I started, uh, Somebody bought it off of me and I worked on it full time starting in the summer of 1999. Good timing, right? And I hired a buddy of mine, a college buddy of mine, a guy named James Arthur. Good dude. And and James came in and he worked with me from the summer of 99 through March of 2000. And we all know what happened in March of 2000, the dot-com crash. So that affected our company. So I had to let James go. And that was March of uh, 2000. And... You know, James and I are friends. That wasn't a big deal. It didn't cost us our friendship or anything like that. And then James um, emailed me or called me in the early fall of 2000, a few months later, like six months later, probably. He said, he said, well, I need to come visit you. I need to come talk to you. Kind of like Frank called you up, so yeah. I need to visit you. Yeah. And, and it did have that uh, your girlfriend saying, we need to talk kind of vibe. And I thought, well, what's this about? And I said, okay, sure. So he came on by the house and he said, uh, he said, uh, and, and James had been a little hard to reach for two or three months. I would text him and he wouldn't answer. I'd call him and he wouldn't answer. And then he needs to talk. And he's like, listen, I want to tell you about something I'm involved in. And I just wanted you to hear from me first. Um, he said, there, there's a website that's being started up. Uh, it's a website for coach Beamer and, uh, and I think he mentioned that you were involved in it. And he said, uh, I'm going to be working with him. And I just wanted to let you know that we don't want to be competition to uh, it, we were still Hokie Central. We hadn't changed our name yet. He said, we don't want it to be competition to Hokie Central. You know, we're going to be running this kind of article and that kind of article. And it's going to be a pay website. And but but we're not going to have message boards, you know, and that was the real thing, because the message boards were the heart and soul of, uh, of Hokie Central. And so I said, well, that, that, that's great, you know, and, and James told me a story. He said, the day that I sat with him in that March of 2000, and I said, uh, um, I think it was the day I said, you know, sorry, can't, uh, can't uh, continue to employ you anymore. He went back home to Roanoke, and he came into your sub shop slash bar, sat down at the bar, and you walked up and said, hey, James, how's it going? And James said, well, you know, I just got I blah, 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 got let go, let go by Hokie Central. And you looked at him and said something like, hmm, uh, we're working on a project you might be interested in. And that's probably accurate. Yeah. So uh, James uh, started it with you guys. He was your guy who would take the content that you sent. He's great. And he would uh, run the website. Now, the yeah. other interesting thing, I don't know if you, you I'm sure you know this. Uh, the company that hosted uh, the BeamerBall.com website for all those years is uh, ACS right down the hall. ACI. ACI, thank yeah. you. Right down the hall here. And, and I've told this story on the podcast before. If you go into their office, they've still got printouts of the old BeamerBall.com website. Is that right? On the wall. That's awesome. So uh, I'll launch you here in a second, but a little bit of context for that. At the time in the late 90s, I'll bet you Frank was making... I don't know how much he was making. It wasn't a ton of money like no, they make these days. It wasn't. And there wasn't a ton of money for the program overall. So the vision with Frank and you and everybody else involved was to launch a, a beamerball.com website that would have subscription content. And I think subscriptions were, do you remember how much they were? Twenty nine ninety nine a yeah, year or something. Yeah, it was like it 30 was bucks a year. Like a cup of coffee a month. And he <laughs> right. wanted it in that range. 
And you'd also have sponsors and yeah. the money generated by that website would go to supplement the assistant coaches' That's salaries, right. staff salaries, and things like that. That's it, right. It wouldn't actually, like hardly any of it went to Frank. Right? He, he never took a penny. Yeah. He never took a penny from it. So that's your launching point. Tell me about Beamer Ball, the inspiration for it. Same as the TV show. Exact same dynamic. Um, we were in Vegas playing golf, and we we had gone out uh, to see our friend Jeff Motley. And Jeff is uh, pretty much runs the Las Vegas Motor Speedway, and he had been he'd been uh, trying to get us to come out, uh, come to a NASCAR race in Vegas, um, play some golf. Just come hang with him. Uh, Motley's a fantastic guy and a good friend. So uh, we roll out. Um, it was Coach Beamer, John Belen, me, and Shane Beamer. Was this after the national championship no. game appearance? Before, before, probably the summer before. Probably like probably around ninety eight. Okay, so when, when, when so we get out there, we're having a blast, and. Um, Coach Beamer's a big NASCAR fan. We're having a ball. Yeah, I remember. And just from, you know, my my sports uh, relationships, you know, um, re- relationships with the Burtons and back then Warden Jeff Burton, Elliot Sadler is an Emporia, Virginia guy. So I had a lot of – and then at the time, uh, Jim Pine's older brother, George Pine, was like the number three three guy in NASCAR. So uh, we, we hooked up with George, and uh, Bruton Smith had us in his – in his luxury suite. So we're having a, just a huge, Jeff's got us set up. I mean, a helicopter came and got us at the Luxor and took us out. I mean, it was just ridiculous. I'm dying to know how this is going to turn into beamerball.com. <laughs> okay. You ready? So we're having a ball out there. Um, and, uh, we're playing, we're playing golf before, before the, uh, before the Vegas, uh, race. And we're at the, I can't remember what course we're out there hitting it. And I waited, until Coach Beamer had um, a couple of Bloody Marys. So we're on the back nine, having a good time. And this is 1998. And I said, and I was ready. I, I strategically waited. The timing was strategic. And so he's he's looking over a putt. And he's got a stogie going. He's having a good time. We're having a, we're having a blast. So I said, uh, Coach Beamer, I got a question for you. He goes, oh, yeah? I said, yeah. I said, why don't you have a website? And he he looks over at me, you know, because he's not a, like a technical no. person at all. And he goes, why don't I have a website? I'm like, yes, sir. And he goes, huh. And he looks down at his putt again. And he looks back up and he goes, why would I need a website? <laughs> and I'm like, that's exactly the question I wanted him to ask me. Yeah, exactly. And so then I just went into the spiel. I'm like, look, here's the deal, coach. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know what lies ahead. But I'm telling you, this is like 1998. It's all going to that internet. It's all going to the internet. So you you can either get on board, get ahead of it, or get left behind. And you're always talking. You're always over there fighting at the time with Jim Weaver. You're always fighting for money, always trying to get money for your coaches and for your, for your staff. I said, this would be a way for you to generate some additional revenue for all of those people that you care about. And you're always trying to and then I went over the model. You know what 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 I envisioned is the is the business the business model, and um, um, so he 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 listened it through, and then he had some questions. And you know, he's a sa- he's a savvy business guy. I can see the look on his face. Yeah, while you're talking and his to I could see the smoke starting to turn. You know, and uh, and so we talked more, and uh, you know, kind of kind of laid out 
you know, how it would work, how it should work, um, who would be involved, um, who would generate content, who would go and get corporate sponsors, how, how everything, how everything would, would fall into place. And, um, and, uh, and so, I, so we played a couple more holes. We're talking it through and, uh, and you know, he looks and he says, so you think I need a website? And I said, I know you need a website. And, uh, and I said, all you have to do is give me the green light and I can go and, and, and meet with, uh, these companies that'll host it and help develop it. And, and I said, all you got to do is, is, uh, give me the green light. I really think it would be a good move and it will help you, you know, generate. And he, and he took that money, Will. And I mean, at the end of the year, whatever was in the Beamer ball account, secretaries, any and everybody that was on the payroll for Virginia tech football would get a check we'll get some. except for Frank Beamer. He never took a penny. So um, the two streams of income were the subscriptions, 30 bucks a year and the sponsorship. We'll, yeah. get, to, we'll get to the sponsorships in a second. Yeah. You guys had a goal of reaching 10,000 subscribers. And I remember reading a newspaper article one time where they talked to James and, and James said, we're on track to get to 10,000. Do you know or remember how many you eventually got? To? I don't. James handled all that. Yeah. Um, all I knew was probably what you know, and your awesome staff knows, is I I was the main person to generate the content, write the articles. You did the interviews. Do yep. the interviews, get the video clips, and it is a black hole. You can spend all weekend putting together a great article full of content, insight. You can put all those video clips up there and then your readers read it and they're like, great. What's next? More. As you well know. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was, uh, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work. And, um, I don't, I don't know. James Arthur would, would probably have that information. I'm going to guess, and James and I have never talked about this. I'm going to guess it got to 5,000 to 7,000 subscribers and was trending up, you know, and well, the program was hot. Yeah. And and my my thing to Coach Beamer, it was no disrespect to Virginia Tech. I'm like, Coach, they can't cover you the way you can cover you and the way your fan base wants this program covered. Their approach is the overall athletic approach. Tech football gets about the same coverage as women's lacrosse. You know, there's an article that it's it, it wasn't it you just knew the demand was there. You knew there was an insatiable appetite yeah. for any and all information yeah. tech fans could get on that program. And they weren't being served. They weren't being served from, from the way Coach Beamer because, could serve them. Because we, Hokie Central, would have served that need, but we did not have media access. Right. So we're just writing from the outside. You're doing the best you can. Yeah, so well, he's got, I mean, he is the, he is the guy. And now I'm going to tell you, Will, and I told him, I said, you're going to get pushback. I said, as soon as you launch this, I said, this is direct competition uh, to newspaper. Yes. I said, this is a direct competition to, to newspapers. I said, I got a lot of friends in the newspaper industry. I hate to break it to them. They're going the way of the dinosaur. And I mean, Will, this, this is going into like 90, 1999. And I told Coach, I said, Coach, it's all going to the Internet. Yeah. So jump on board or get left behind. And, you know, and of course, it's hard. I mean, I know that in my job as a, as a sports reporter, 
you know, you call people, you hope they call you back. All right. Well, if you're connected to Beamerball.com, and at the time you're calling Bud Foster, defensive coordinator, or any any of the other assistants, or anybody in the medical, or anybody in the strength and conditioning, guess who called you right back? They did. They did. Because yeah. guess what they got at the end of the year? They, they got a check from Beamerball.com. So so they knew they knew. Hey man, you know it's to my benefit to to help the Saints to sustain this. So they, that gets back to the entrepreneurial spirit that that you've talked about it because you had you had done all this in your head, and so a, a little bit from our end. Uh, although James was very worried about our friendship and the competition aspect. What it really did for us was every time the material went up on beamerball.com, people came to our and message discuss. boards to talk about it. That's great. It. Yeah. You know? That's great for text program. And so I remember in the beginning, so your model was um, that the football team would, would practice and you'd do interviews right after practice. You'd hit every assistant coach. They'd give you one or two paragraphs and people would eat that stuff up. They'd say something about a player that good day. current info. We used to we used to get a kick out of Jim Cavanaugh's updates. So like like after the game, Cavanaugh I would love just, Cav. he'd be very business like. He'd be like so and so graded out at such and such. So and so was it, you know. Love so, Cav. So they all had their ways of interacting with you. So you had that for a while. Your two popular features were those daily practice updates and the depth chart. And you guys, they would update that depth chart and move players up and down. And why is Brandon Orr the fourth running back? He's the best one we got and all that kind of stuff. But I, th I thought one of the areas where you guys, and I still want to talk about the sponsorships. Don't let me forget that. One of the areas where you guys really innovated was in video. And so you would uh, you do video clips of middle drill and, and coaches in the locker room and things like that. And people got to remember, this is the early 2000s. YouTube didn't exist. No, sir. You were having to innovative. host and launch your own videos. And you had sponsors on the site. And I remember the videos would start with something like, Beamerball.com is brought to you by, and you'd get the spiel. Absolutely. You'd see the two-minute video. Take care of sponsors. Then you'd get the spiel at yes, the end. Yes, sir. And that was, that was innovative back then. And, Will, on those sponsors... Okay. Well, part of it was, you know, if you if you sponsored beamerball.com, then that was kind of a that was access to coach Beamer. Not only not only were was it a marketing expense, but and we knew that. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, coach Beamer would try to make um, you know, make make it more than just an advertisement, have some perks involved. Yeah. And one of the things was after one game each year, the private cookout at Coach Beamer's yes. house was huge. Yeah, all the corporate sponsors of Beamerball.com, all the staff, and they would show up. You know what I mean? You know they were connected, and they'd all come to Coach Beamer's house after the selected game, and uh, and you'd get an opportunity to thank them for the support. And it was it was cool. It was it, they loved it. Uh, Beamerball.com appreciated it. Uh, well, the game selected. Do you remember the year JMU rolled down here and beat Virginia Tech? Was that you talking as late as 2010? That one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So James Madison, and that had been that was that was the date for the private cook out of Coach Beamer's. House. Oh gosh. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking. So so and I'm like, oh man, I wonder, I wonder if these uh if these people are gonna are gonna show up. Because that was just humiliating. And I mean, good for James Madison. And it they rained that day. So you know, and you know the reason you scheduled it for after the JMU game, you thought that was You're just going to be a win. 
Coach Beamer, I remember looking at Coach Beamer, and he just, I mean, he's a great friend, and he's also a great mentor. I've learned so much from him, and he's and uh, and I looked at him and I, and I said, we've got uh, we've got this uh, cookout going at your house, you know, and I kind of looked at him like, uh, and he goes, um, he goes, you don't change, he says, stick to the plan. He said, um, you know, let's go. And I'll never forget it. And, and a lot of those sponsors came. Yeah. And so we're standing on his his back patio. And he said, um, I'll never forget it. He said, he said uh, you know, we have a really good football team. Really good. He said, and we just didn't show it today. And I think part of that was, wasn't there like a game Monday night? And then they, Well, that was the Monday night game at FedEx it, against yeah. Boise State. A freaking heartbreaker of a game. And then they had like a... Sh- you can you can build all the excuses and there were there was a lot but I'll never forget that you know he said you know you don't change you know w- w- you know you, you well he'd been through it he'd been through it yeah. so and I just remember it was very somber and uh and you know what did they what did they go on and win 10 straight won the ACC what was the next game they lost was the orange bowl against Stanford so they 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 won every game the rest of the year won the ACC over Florida State and he was right he yeah. said you know we've got a good team we yeah. just didn't show it today yeah um so that was it that was an interesting Beamer Ball sponsor get together so so let, let's say you got 7000 subscribers at $30 a year that's a couple hundred grand in subscription revenue it might have been 39 I'm big on accuracy. Oh, you're right. You're right. It was forty dollars. Okay, there you yeah. go. So, so you're looking at maybe two hundred fifty grand a year in subscription revenue, and uh, I know you were you were in the sponsorship end of it, and my memory tells me, and James probably told me this, that those Beamerball.com sponsorships were anywhere from fifteen to twenty five grand a year. Does that sound right? That could be right. And you'd have ten or twelve of those, so you're bringing in half a million a year off Beamerball.com. Is that right? Now, my take from the outside is, my take from the outside, I'll give you a second to recover from that. Will's, Will's crunching these numbers. <laughs> I'm in the business, man. Yeah, you know, I got what can you. I say? So, um, uh, my take on the sponsorships was, I mean, you guys did work promoting them, yes, but I think a lot of people signed up for the sponsorships just for that access to Coach Beamer that you talked about. There was great marketing value in there, Will. It was oh, tremendous. Sure. It was tremendous marketing value in there. <laughs> uh, there was some marketing value in it. I, I don't know if it was tremendous, but uh, that that's clever. You I know? told Coach Beamer, Will, um, when he said, let's do it, and got approval from uh, G- Jim Weaver and the university to do it. I told Coach Beamer, I said, Coach, you're going to get, you're probably going to get five years. Um, maybe a little more, but you'll you'll get five years, and then everybody will be doing what you're doing in terms of the video, you know, coming and getting their own video interviews clip. and things like yeah. that. Yeah. I said so. I said um, maybe maybe you'll get a good ten year run out of this um, if we do it right. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe a good ten year run, but eventually everyone will catch up to it in terms of, of all, all the, the neat features you're talking about. I remember, remember it launched in October or November of 2000, I think was, was roughly the timing of it. I, it may have actually been right at the beginning of the 2000 season. I'm not sure. I, th- I think that was kind of the timing of it. Um, so where you guys really caught some heat was when you started doing things like breaking news through the coaches pay website. That's when the newspaper folks really went nuts yeah. right yeah. so what do you remember about that kind of thing? i just remember um you know i just think people are resistant to change and you know i i you know i understand and 
part as, as a media analyst, part of my deal with Coach Beamer was, you know, he, he was he was frustrated because when you when you have to go through a newspaper or you have to go through a radio or a TV station, uh, maybe you don't always get the message you want out there. Yeah. And I said, Coach Beamer, this is a different age. Why would you con- why would you waste your time with a middleman when you can when you can go directly to your audience? Why would you fool with hoping a newspaper will give you the 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 spin or or, or the tone? The tone. Yeah. Spin's got a negative connotation. Okay. The tone that that you want out there concerning your program. You you don't you don't need a middleman. You've got an awesome program. You can speak directly to your fans, directly to your audience, and it doesn't have to be filtered. I don't I, I don't understand. And I said, and coach, that's the way it's going. Nah. I said, whether whether they want to admit it or not, newspapers are are, are withering on the vine. Um, the, the local TV, uh, th- that that's that's changing. Once again, the internet is stomping it out. Yeah. Uh, I, it's all going to this internet, and you can you can control w- what transpires for yourself, your staff, your program. Y- you can have a presence on where it's headed. So you guys, you had a good run, and then I think, and tell me if you agree with this or not, I think the guy, now again, Tech Sideline didn't have any access at that point in time. We, we, could have, we would have gone to practice every day and done stuff every day if we could. Um, I thought the guy who really started to disrupt things was Kyle Tucker in the mid-2000s, when Kyle, in addition to, let me, let me backtrack a little bit here. So Randy King was the beat writer for the Roanoke Times, and we all love Randy. We all love Nappy. Yeah, I love Randy. But Nappy never was interested in doing the internet thing. Uh, they made him do a blog, and it was they were called blogs back then, and, and uh, you could tell Randy didn't take it super seriously. Um, so there wasn't a lot of pressure coming from the Roanoke Times in terms of extra content. And then Kyle Tucker came along and was working for the Virginian pilot. And Kyle started, in addition to the daily articles or whatever he was doing, he started interviewing players as they came off the field after practice and blogging those quotes in something separate that was on the internet. And I think that was the first time that a, that a beat writer really went above and beyond. Exactly what I tell Coach Beamer. Eventually, you, eventually you, they're all going to do it. And that was very prescient of you to say you're going to have five or six years at this. And and Kyle was the guy who really started yeah. to 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 do that. Yeah. And um, so and bringing it back around to Mac Brown, didn't Mac Brown come and talk to you guys at one point in time when he was at Texas? Oh yeah, I, I went about, and met hey, with what are you uh, doing? And, Rich Rodriguez. Uh, he wanted to know what Coach Beamer was doing with his website. Uh, Mac Brown, um, there were others, and um, um, it was, um, you know, because you know, to to James Arthur's credit and to uh, Coach Beamer's credit and to everyone that was affiliated with it, and he did a good job with it. And I think other people noticed it, but really, what I think they noticed, Will, is what you were talking about. You know, the the, the corporate sponsors were 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 supportive of it. And, um, you know, it was a way it was what Coach Beamer said he was going to do with it is exactly what he did. It was supplemental revenue for his yeah. program. And then I think over time, uh, the, the competition you guys faced increased. Oh, yeah. And uh, um, the coaching salaries and support staff oh, salaries yeah. all started to increase as well. So the, the need for Beamer Ball 
changed. Right. And so uh, it, but it did, it, it did run through the end of coach Beamer's career. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Right here it, at Virginia Tech. It's a good run. And it was a good window. It went longer than I, than, than I thought it would go. Yeah. Um, and it was uh, just, you know, again, it's just fun reaching into dirt and making something out of, uh, out of nothing. You were, it was so funny how, and then with, you know, you want to hear a good story? Sure. Because this is a different, this is a That's different setting. <laughs> okay. Um, so with Beamer Ball, you know, I'm right there on, on the inside of everything, trying to generate content. And one of my, one of my all-time favorite stories is uh, after the uh, win over Louisville in that Gator Bowl, uh, Bobby Petrino, yeah. and, and it was the infamous Marcus Vick stomp on Elvis Doomerville. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to tell you this, Will. You'll like this, and your 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 viewers will like this. So this is a little, little inside stuff. So I really enjoyed, um, like getting on. Like if you go back and and look at like old old game footage at the end of the game where the coaches go out midfield at the end of the game to shake hands, you know, game's over. You'll always see my big head like right to the left. It's like it's like security. And then I'm right there right. tucked in on the left shoulder of, of Coach Beamer. Because, I mean, it's a little bit nosy, but also sometimes I got some some nuggets out of it. Uh, I loved hearing what they said to each other after the ball game. I loved hearing what these, what these coaches uh, would say to each other. And sometimes it was hilarious. Sometimes it was intense. Sometimes it was, it was pretty caring. Um, like Lane Kiffin after Virginia Tech drilled him when he was at Tennessee. 2009. Oh my gosh. He was out there trying, tr- he was looking, he was looking for Bud Foster, wanted to fight Bud Foster. That was hilarious. And then, um, uh, Bobby Petrino. Okay. So, uh, Marcus, I think hit Jeff King. So the- Louisville's coach at the time. Yeah. Uh, and I think we all know the reputation of Bobby Petrino. Marcus hits Jeff King in the back of the end zone to win it late. Good ball game. I mean, yeah. great ball game. That was game. very dramatic ball great game. Great ball game. Well, the Louisville players are just on Marcus Vick, and and it worked. Eventually, he lost his cool because Marcus had some off-the-field issues, and eventually he lost his cool, and he stomped on Elvis Dumerville, who was giving, giving him the majority of the, of the business. Um, well, Coach Beamer didn't see it. Yeah. And every, I guess every everybody everybody saw it. So game's over, Tech wins. Coach goes out. He's got his hand out to shake Bobby Petrino's Bobby Petrino's hand, and Bobby Petrino just s- slaps at his hand like that and peels off. Well, as he peels off, he's right in like I'm here's Petrino, and then he peels off like this, and and he's, I mean he's right here, and he and he kind of yells out mother effer, like that. He slaps Coach Beamer's hand. He spins. He goes, "Mother effer," like that, and walks off. And I'm like, "Ooh!" And Coach Beamer's kind of like, you know, a little bit startled. So we get in the locker room, and uh, and Coach Coach Beamer is uh, they're they're telling them, "Hey, uh, Marcus uh, stomped on the Louisville players." I think Kevin Rogers knew it, but you're right. I don't think Frank. Yeah, knew and it. he's like, "What?" And I could just see that I could just see the whole air come out of Coach B, you know. And then I think he's starting to put stuff together. Um, and he goes, and he Marcus. He gets up. He grabs Marcus. He goes, "Let's go." He grabs Marcus, and I'm fo- I'm following him. You know, takes Marcus out of the locker room, over to the Louisville locker room, 
bangs on the door. Coach Beamer and Marcus standing there. He goes, you're apologizing to that player and to Coach Petrino. Wow. And he's standing out there. And uh, so the door throws open. There looks like some equipment or some staff. And he goes, um, I- I'd like to see uh, Coach Petrino, please. And so the door shuts. And so they're standing there. And eventually, door throws open. And pretty much uh, this person said, Coach Petrino says, get lost. <laughs> yeah. So Coach is like, ha. So he grabs Marcus. So they come back to the tech tech locker room. So I'm talking to Coach Beamer. I'm sitting beside him. And, you know, he's out of shower. He's, he's putting his uh, his clothes on. He goes, oh, man. He goes, can you believe that? And I'm like, uh, yeah. I said, I don't, I don't think you heard it, Coach. But when, when he slapped at your hand and uh, peeled off, you know, he said – he peeled off and he said, mother effer. And he goes, is that right? I'm like, yes, sir. I said, no, coach, hold up now. I don't know if he was MFing you or if he was MFing the, the situation. You know, he just took a bad loss. So coach is, he's getting, he's sitting there and he's getting his tie on. And he then he's so funny. He looks at me, he goes, who do you think he was MFing? <laughs> I said, I think he was MFing you. He goes, I think you're right. <laughs> that was that was Bobby. But and I got it's just a million of those. Will I'll bet. you might have to you might have to have me back for a, a separate pod- podcast yeah, for just, coaches handshakes. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my goodness! And then and another one of my all time favorites. I love Phil Elmation. I love him. He's a fireball. He's a wrecking ball, but I love him. And he was defensive coordinator. Do you remember when when Virginia attacked? They're just starting to get success. And they went and played Tennessee, uh, Peyton Manning. and, and 94 and, Gator Bowl. Yeah. yeah. And so um, going into the game, uh, Elmo was talking about he's got some blitzes drawn up, you know, and and uh, he's telling Coach Beamer, he goes, I'm telling you, Frankie, I'm telling you, Frankie, we can rattle this freshman. We can rattle this freshman, <laughs> uh, Peyton Manning. And uh, so uh, that's that's all I heard going you know going into the game. I'm like, oh, they got they will get after this 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 Manning kid, this freshman for Tennessee. So uh, first half, uh, and I mean Peyton Manning is throwing darts all over the field. Right. I mean, and they're not. I mean, I don't even think they're not even getting a hand on him, and they're not they're not even getting close. Yeah, to they him. got shredded. Oh, he is just ripping it up all all over the field. Okay, and Coach Beamer's so funny. And uh, so it's like I don't even know what the score. What was it like twenty three to three at halftime or something like that? Tennessee got way out in front. Yeah. It, it, the final score wound up being not so bad, but that game was a blowout. So halftime, and they're going over halftime adjustments. And uh, and Coach Beamer, uh, he looks at uh, Elmation and the defensive coaches, and he goes, uh, he goes, oh, what's going on here? What do, what do, what do we need to do? You know, um, you know what what's sec- what we're going to do here in the second half. And uh, Elmo's, you know, he's scrambling, trying to tell Coach Beamer what he and, – and I'll never forget it. Coach Beamer looks at him, he goes, anytime you want to start rattling that freshman, uh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it, always, it always stuck with me. That's just hilarious. And, and Coach Elmation still laughs about it. Man, if you go back and look at some of the, the – some of the film from that game, man, he was dropping dimes. I, I remember one, one pass down the sideline where the coverage was spot on, well, and he just dropped it right into the bread. You basket. think about how many of those guys, and I just, uh, you know, and I've, I covered, you know, so many Virginia Tech football games just like you. And I'm like, how many of those guys that just were just like unstoppable? I can remember Aaron Rodgers in a bowl game, yeah. Matt Stafford in a bowl game, Peyton Manning in a bowl game. <laughs> Um, and the list just goes, it just goes uh, on. Andrew and on. Luck. 
Andrew Luckett of old game. Yeah. I mean, these 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 guys, they were they were legitimate, man. They were and phenomenal. you're all mad that you're losing to yeah. them, and then they go on to have long NFL careers. <laughs> they're legends. Like, yeah. oh, I guess they're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's you and I were talking about as we were prepping for the show, uh, you mentioned a long-standing tradition that you had a hand in creating. Oh, you mean the tunnel? The tunnel. You know what? It's funny how, you know, everybody everybody loves coming out of the tunnel, reaching up, hitting the hokey stone, mm-hmm. and there's you know there's a message there's a message there for those who've passed, for those to come, reach for excellence. Yeah. I think is what it says. That's exactly what it says. Okay, so it's probably, um, it's probably 1988, 1989, and again, John Belen, you know, his hands are in in in, in you know. He's instrumental in, in Beamerball.com. He's instrumental in the TV show. Anything that had to do with Coach Beamer as his lead administrative assistant, John was in it. And, you know, John is the ultimate chief of staff, and he's still – I mean, I just watched the regional and the super regional he pulled off over here for Virginia Tech baseball. That was – I mean, the place looked immaculate. It ran like it was phenomenal. We we said on the podcast that that given that that baseball stadium rarely sees crowds that large, the the execution of both regional and super regional weekends was outstanding. I, don't, all, I don't remember any complaints. That's all John Belan and the yeah. in, in, in the good you know the the hardworking people over there. So John Belan calls me, and in full disclosure, John Belen and I, we've, we've had to work in tandem, you know, with Virginia Tech football on numerous things. Okay. Cause John was a guy who always had to make it happen. So he's always pulling people in. I need this guy to do this, 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 this lady to do that. He's always moving pieces in and out to get things done. It's just what he does. And John's thumbprint is all over Virginia Tech. You wouldn't know it, but it's all, he knows how to shut off every spigot over there at that athletic department. Okay. And he's respected across campus as well. Um, so he calls me. I'm at the uh, TV station. It's probably about 1030. He calls. I'm like, what are you doing up? And he goes, I was thinking. He said, uh, you know, we, he said, we got no traditions down here at Virginia Tech. None. There are no traditions. All these other college programs, they have the coolest traditions. He said, we got, he, he, we got no traditions. And uh, I said, oh, yeah? He goes, yeah. He goes, I'm going to hang a piece of hokey stone at the end of that tunnel. You come up with some words for that. And I was like, sure. And then I, so I'm, you know, Hokie Stone's so important to Virginia Tech. And I thought, okay, this is Coach Beamer's program. Coach Beamer's all about being unselfish, you know, doing your job and being humble. And I, and I just thought about, you know, Coach Beamer would want to pay tribute to all those people from top to bottom who, put in that sweat equity and, and that passion to make Virginia to get Virginia Tech football to where it is. And then, you know, the people in the program right now, you do your part. You know, you're passing through. You gotta you gotta remember those who came before you. And then just also realize you gotta hold up your end of the bargain because for those who come out there are people coming behind you. You know, it's it's a responsibility. And I and I told John, I said, here's what I got. For those who've passed meaning everybody that came down this tunnel and went out on that field and has been a part of this, everybody who's graduated from this university and cares about this, for those who have passed um, and for those to come. You know, and then, you know, just symbolically, you got to reach up to hit the stone. So I thought it made sense, you know, reach for excellence. And John goes, love it. Okay, Will, 
that was, when was 88, 89? 30, 35 years ago? Plus? Yes, 33, 34 years ago. Never in my, never in my wildest dream did I think that that still would be hanging up at the end of the tunnel. There's a $400 million fundraising campaign called Reach for Excellence. Isn't that it? Mm-hmm. And that was a phone call from John Boleyn to Greg Roberts at 1030 at night trying to establish a tradition for Virginia Tech football. So if I may, let me thank you for not mailing it in and picking up. Play like a champion today. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Well, I was thinking, I was specifically, th- it's, it's what I've done, what I did through the whole Beamer era. Try to help him with the messaging, the branding, the strate- strategic communications. Yeah. And I just felt that that is exactly what he would want. You know, you're just a part of this. Do your job. Because there's a lot of people that did this before you, and there are going to be a lot of people that will be, be coming behind you. All right. Great stuff. So we've been at it for about an hour and a half. Um, do you got, you got more time with us? Because I, I do want to do one more thing before we let you go. Are you sure your audience is how's, – How's the live stream doing, Nick? Are they hanging in there? 405 viewers. 405 viewers. Is that a good number? That's a good number. Well, let me just say th- thanks. Um, that's cool. Yeah, and and that's uh, that's 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 a bit humbling. That's a good number for you guys. That is a good number. Uh, we typically for your your lower heat podcast, there's between 100 to 150 concurrent oh, wow. viewers. Uh, if if we're talking about a popular topic, awesome. it'll be 200 to 250. Well, I need to come back and tell more like more inside stories. Well, exactly. So there, there's a gold mine of of content here that we that you and I can mine in future podcasts. Right. But one thing I do want to ask you, and and this could lead to another half hour of talking. <laughs> which is not a bad thing. I'm just saying this, this is going to open up some stuff in your brain. Tell me about some of your, like, like if I was to walk up to you and say, who are your three favorite Virginia Tech football players of all time? Not what they achieved, but their personalities. Oh, wow. Give, oh, give me geez. the guys that are right on the top of your head. And I understand you're around the program a long time. We don't want to slight yeah. anybody else, but two or three guys. You know, Will, great, great guys that maybe people don't know. I about. was thinking that, you know, you think about, you know, there's a there's a small group that was with Coach Beamer from the first day to the last day, yeah. first game to the last game, and I was it's Bud Foster, John Belen, Mike Gentry, and then in terms of like in the shadows, then I'm in there, the the the, the nucleus that that saw every minute of it, yeah. every every bit of it. So there have been a lot of football players who I just just really became fond of um, um, back to to his original days you know the Steve Johnsons and the Archie Hopkins and the Rich Foxes and the Cam Youngs and the Ken Barefoots and then you know Will Fuhrer just was just an intriguing guy he was kind of a cerebral guy right just a, just a smart smart guy um, and then then you, then John Engelberger, one of my all-time greats. What a character! Did you see him when he was in town for the softball? I did. You know, I got the he, biggest hug ever. He is. Un, I looked right at him and didn't recognize him. Well, he, the football weight is off. Yeah, you know he's 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 slimmed down. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll tell you a really brief story about that. Uh, a I, I wound up in possession of a foul ball, and Engelberger and his son were like two or three seats behind us, and I can't remember if I told this on the 
baseball podcast or not. So I wind up in, in with a foul ball, and I've learned, of course, you got to look for the nearest kid and give it to the kid. Absolutely. So I turned around, and there's a kid, and, and I offer it to me, and he looks at me and goes, no, nah, I'm good. And I was like, uh, what do I do? The kid's supposed to go, yeah, thank you, mister. And some other kid, kid dissed me. Some other kid comes running up, so I give it to him. And I looked at Chris Coleman, I'm like, well, that's unusual. And Chris goes, well, that's Engelberger's kid. He's sitting right there with him. And I was just like, that is that's so great. classic John that's so much like Engelberger. That his son would be like, no, nah, I'm good. He's the best. <laughs> Engelberger is the, is the best. Um, Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. Um, I remember – we had something going on, and I was involved in it. I can't remember what it was, but but somebody had to leave us and go. Uh, summer camp had started, and somebody had to leave us and go uh, do bed check, make sure all the players were in their rooms doing what they're supposed to do. Well, whoever did that, it might have been Bruce Garns. Um, and Bruce comes back, and um, he goes, he, he so he goes, uh, um, you know, college kids. I remember when I was a college kid. You know, well, anyway, this is was the takeaway. He went to check on the players, and um, he said that when he went to check to make sure that Tyrod and his roommate were in their rooms and, you know, lights out, you know, practice in the morning, he said he opened the door. Tyrod was in the bed with his nightlight on reading the Bible. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. And he comes back, and, 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 uh, and I'm like, we might have a we might be, we might be in good shape there with with the old quarterback. Um, uh, sounds like a pretty grounded pretty grounded kid. There are a lot of players that if you start to tell a story like that about them, the ending of that story is very different. <laughs> yeah. So I just remember that was kind of one of my initial impressions. I knew coming out of Hampton High School, and I know Mike Smith, and you know Mike said, "Hey, this kid, you, you you're not going to get a better kid than this kid." Yeah. It's one thing to say that a lot of coaches promote their kids, right. okay, but then. Um, just love Tyrod Taylor, um, Wyatt Teller. Oh my goodness, do I love Wyatt Teller? Uh, yeah. What a good kid! It just—I mean, you will thirty years of those relationships with those young men and watching them grow up and watching them, you know, have success in the university, on the football field, in the community. Many of them went on and had success at the professional level. And it's just, uh, I don't know, it's just a bond. I mean, I, I saw Chris Cyrus at the, at, the, at the baseball game. Yeah, he was in town. Got a big, big hug from Chris, and it's just, it's pretty neat. It's neat to, to have that relationship with those, um, with those players, and they're numerous. Yeah, so, so that's, like I said, that's a goldmine of content that we should probably tap into in future podcasts. So listening to you talk like this, my question is, why have you not written a book? Well, if I write a book... Let me see here. I think we. I think we need some deaths. Do you have to wait until John Boleyn no longer works at Virginia <laughs> Tech to write to, the book? I might have to speak at his funeral before before before. No, I'm just I'm joking around. It's been um, um, the 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 run with Coach Beamer and in, in you know kind of being in the in, in the inner inner circle to try and help to support him as he tried to make Virginia Tech football relevant and something to be proud of. It was just. It wasn't what I thought initially, Will. It wasn't. And it, it turned out to be a Hall of Fame run. And when he got inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame, and um, there was just a, a certain group that um, they that were going to be allowed to, you know, come up and participate in that induction ceremony and be there. 
And when he called and told me that he wanted Ju- my wife Julie, that he wanted Julie and I to be there, it was just, it was just, it, it was just fantastic. And it was, um, I was so proud of him, and knowing just how much Virginia Tech means to him, and um, what he did for Virginia Tech, I was just—it was just an—it was just a crowning moment, uh, seeing him going into the College Football Hall of Fame. It was just couldn't happen to a better guy. That was the culmination of a lot of work and a lot of achievement by a lot of people. And that I got a front row seat to be there. It just—it was very humbling for me, and it—it it just. Um, I'm starting to get chicken skin right now thinking about it. It just yeah. meant a lot to me. Yeah. Well, I uh, appreciate you coming on to be with us. So tell oh, us. You uh, You're so, welcome. So now that we've got over 400 people watching the live stream, first of all, like and subscribe to the Tech Sideline YouTube channel. Um, but tell us again uh, about your radio show, what days it's on, times, and where people can find it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm eyeballing retirement, Will. Yeah. Can you believe it? I mean, I. I'm eyeballing it, but it's still at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> well, you still got kids in college, so you, you're going to go a little longer than I'll have to go. Um, uh, pretty much, pretty much, we we've uh, Julie and I have really kind of gotten rid of a lot of the you know a lot of the side stuff, a lot yeah. of the side businesses, and um, Beamer Balls no more, and the ESPN college football is you know no more, and we sold the landscaping business, we sold the, all the rental properties, we sold the bar and the restaurant. So pretty much all I do, and I catch a lot of grief too, Will, a tremendous amount of grief is I just, you know, the afternoon, two hours, the drive time hosting the five to 7 PM drive time out of Roanoke, WFIR, uh, 960 AM and 107.3 FM. And it, you know, it's on Greg Roberts live Facebook. A lot of people listen to it there on the tune in radio app. Um, and we, we, um, and I'm proud to say, Will, the Associated Press named us best sports in the state of Virginia for the sixth consecutive year. And that's that's all about team. There's a great team on there. Well, and streaks like that are unusual usual because usually that's the type of award that they kind of pass it around, you know, so to get it six years in a row. You're I think right. Says and and the the judging each year the Associated Press sends that that judging to a different state. So like let's say for instance, one year Everyone up for best sports in the state of Virginia. Um, let's say Missouri judges judges it, and then the next year Texas judges it, and then the next year Oklahoma, nice. and then New York. And so for those, for, for for all for the last six years for that group to say, hey, that's the best sports in the state of Virginia. That's just and and again, it's because of Phil Almation. It's because of Paige Moyer, the basketball insider. It's because of Travis Wells of WDBJ7 coming on doing the high school football report. It's because of uh, Chuck Baker, who is a former uh, golf captain at the University of Richmond, you know, coming on and doing golf in Vegas. And is it's Chuck, Chuck Dowdy. Is Chuck the Toyota? Yeah. He's also a sponsor, but... You know, Chuck grew, uh, grew up in Charlottesville. He and I did not go to school at the same time, but I knew Albemarle. people that knew He's him. an Albemarle That's guy. right. Um, and, and, and again, so, and I think, you know, I've, I've always been a team guy, team, team, team. And I think that, um, um, the, the, when they judge who's doing the best job in the state in terms of sports, they, that, that's what, that's what we focus on the team right. component. Yeah. And Justin Dittmore, who, who is, who's a big uh, part of the team and, uh, handles, you know, the, the live high school football broadcast. And, um, uh, you know, Justin had a, 
Virginia Tech grad, uh, COVID almost claimed his life. Uh, matter of fact, uh, they said that they revived him from, from death six times. Wow. That he had one foot on the other side six times. And so he's progressing. Um, it's, it's, it's quite a journey ahead of him, but it's good to have him, good to have him beginning to get back in the saddle and get back in the mix. Great. Well, we wish you continued success. We Appreciate thank you it. for uh, coming on. You're and, welcome. And we'll definitely have you on again, and we'll drill down into some specific things and get what you to you tell want? some the, more the, stories. The Good Dirt with Roberts. Uh, so we need to name it a series? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> there are some interesting stories out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if, if, if all are suitable for podcasts. Well, the, we will do the podcast, and you and I will have a beer, and you can tell those stories. That sounds good. Will, it's always great seeing you. Yep, good seeing you, Greg. Thanks a lot. And we uh, appreciate everybody who is uh, has is watching and yes. has listened. Thank and you. Uh, that wraps up Episode 244 of the Tech Sideline Podcast.